Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We both worked in youth ministry for a number of years and have seen just about everything. Hey, I thought we stopped doing this script thing. <laughs> why, why, why are we falling back into the routine? <laughs> well, okay. So, um, well, Hurts, Hopes, and Hungers. Well, thank you, Alav. Let's dive in. Matt, what are we talking about today? You guys don't know this. He told me what we're talking about today. And... Uh, and I don't know really how to dive into it because I, I want to be up and excited about what we're talking about today. I want to have energy. And he wants to talk about sadness. <laughs> he wants to talk about doing ministry when you feel sad. Because, well, I, Chris, you feel sad right now. I do, yeah. So we had one of our parishioners get in an accident, mm. and it was heavy. I had a phone call with a dad, and it was heavy. We, we were in tears on the phone. There was a situation that needed resolved, and these emails were going back and forth, and it was heavy. And all these things were heavy, but the former teen that was in surgery for seven hours in hopes to help help him, wow. that, that was just a heavy day, and it's sad, and there's you can't fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, like, let's just bring it to Jesus. But we did. We had people storm in heaven, um, but yeah. the weight of all of it kind of weighs on you. Um, and then just personally, it's just kind of a a sad season in my life right now. And these seasons, I think everyone goes through seasons like this. I'm not saying it's going to be, I'm living in this season, but it's just a a little bit of a sad season. There's some things going on. And yet I'm called to this Sunday, go and talk about how amazing the sacrament of confirmation is. But my heart is still kind of, it just needs a good cry. I I don't know. And and, and so there is this, Pope Francis wrote the joy of the gospel, but maybe the, the counterpart would be the weight of the cross because it's not all flowers and puppy dogs, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. how do, how do we minister when we're sad? And Matt, I guess is the, the counterpart to what if you're really happy and you got to minister with someone who's sad <laughs> yeah. on a podcast today. So that's, that's my question. Well, and I've had moments like this as well, where I feel overwhelmed or for some reason with me, every time I am about to give an important talk or run an important retreat, I will, and I don't know if it's spiritual warfare or if it's just my own woundedness, but I I get sad, I get run down. There was one time when I was doing ministry, it was my very first year here in the Brazos Valley, and it was, I guess it was 2009, and I got physically ill right before the retreat and couldn't go on the retreat. And it may have been just my own, I don't know, shutting down. But Alyssa had to run the retreat by herself. I mean, she was a volunteer. You know, she wasn't even paid by the parish. I wasn't paid by the parish. Right. And I've since learned what that, I don't know, that desolation, what those attacks look like and how to combat them. And, and I, I don't know if there's a lot of similarity between that and the sadness that you're talking about. Well, I, I think the answer is yes and no. But the challenge is that those who we minister to experience both of those. They Mm. experience desolation. They experience sadness. Sometimes those are experienced together. Sadness can be an indicator of desolation. Um, I don't think desolation can be an indicator of sadness. But nevertheless, what I have seen myself often do is mask and then minister, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to go about it because there's people that are out there that we're ministering to that are also sad. And to see someone love Jesus through their sadness, I think is a beautiful witness and a necessary witness. Yeah. Um, 
So that's where I'm wrestling. Then how do we how do we do it when we're going to lead an icebreaker? Okay, everybody pair up with someone that you know <laughs> that they like, and nobody likes me because the gospel is still exciting and it should still be engaging, right? Yeah. The message that we have is still awesome, but like Christ is with us in all range of human conditions. He literally mm-hmm. agony in the garden. Right. That's Jesus in the garden, just on the struggle bus. And sometimes we're on the struggle bus in a variety of ways. How do we access that in ministry when (laughs) when we're proclaiming the good news? But that is part of the good news is that Jesus is with us when we're sad. Yeah. For me, what I've noticed is there are some times when I actually have to say, no, I can't do it right now. I'm just not in the place to do that right now and find someone else to do that. Now, it may be that when you're sad, you're not going to do the the icebreaker that has to be that needs to be high energy. You may delegate that to someone else, but there may be a a more serious aspect of what you're doing, whether it's the prayer side or whatever that you can do. Is that a decent workaround, Chris? Are you trying to find a way to, I don't know, well up the energy to be able to be the excitement person? No, to lead in general. I guess what I'm trying to do is give permission for people to minister during their sadness. And I think what you're sharing is how, and I think how might be delegating the chipper pieces, but I think it's important that people are like, you know, I'm struggling right now. Like this is, you know, uh, about a year ago, Parkland, Florida happened where those students died and it was just a sad time in ministry. And it didn't make sense in ministry to go ahead and say, Hey, it's okay that they died because God is so good and God can work through that. And God has a plan for each and every one of those souls but it was a time for being somber and, and sad and, and to mourn. And yeah. that was the season that we needed to respond to in the midst of our ministries if we were addressing that. You know, the clergy sex abuse scandal. It's not a time to bring out the banners. It's time yeah. to hit, hit our knees for repentance. But I see oftentimes, particularly in youth ministry, but in a variety of others, that those more serious moments in the human condition are secondary towards the joy and the excitement. I've never been to a vacation Bible school where it wasn't just the 4th of July. You know what I mean? Fireworks the whole week. And I think that that's okay. But I think that if that is the long-term view, the long road of ministry, that we do a disservice to those that we serve. I mean, there's a correlation here to prayer life as well. And even to the way that we talk about marriage, I promise there's a connection that, you know, when we tell people that their prayer life is always going to be exciting and fulfilling and filled with all this consolation, that's a lie. There's going to be times when it's really hard to pray and you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like doing stuff. Same thing with marriage. We have this romantic, you know, idea as to what marriage is but it's, it's work, it's sacrifice, and it's not always this huge lovey-dovey feeling. But we still have to say yes to that. And so in ministry, it's very much the same thing. It's not always going to be, oh, the kids love me and everything's going great. Sometimes there's going to be seasons that are really, really hard, whether what's going on in the world or what's going on in your own personal life, and you still have to say yes. You still have to get up and, and move forward. Yeah, and when I was tearing up on the phone with this uh, parishioner yesterday, and when I hung up the phone, I felt like I was, like I mattered more than I mattered on a normal day. Mm. Yeah. The sadness that was present in that phone conversation allowed this intimacy to happen. And we flipping journeyed together. Wow. Like in a real, in a real way. And we both teared up and it was, 
Absolutely. And this is two men, just to give some context, it was two men on the phone and it was powerful. And so there is, there's meaning in all aspects of it, but I think those moments are powerful. And I think sometimes the sadness is better revealed in a more personal level. You know, I think if you're, if you're giving a talk or you're leading a game or an event or something like that, I think those are contexts where we earn the right to be heard, to be Mm -hmm. able to speak into the totality of the life and the condition of the people that we walk with. And I think it's more prudent to have those type of moments where you reveal the depth of kind of your emotions. Like, I'm really sad about this, or this is really heavy or weighing on me. In the broader context, sometimes that's more one-on-one. What are your thoughts on that? No, I I would agree. You know, the too often we don't allow, don't give ourselves permission to have those feelings, you know, or um, even to share them with other people. How often have you shared with your volunteers that you're, you're not feeling good that day that you're feeling a little down and, you know, have you shared that with them and maybe even asked them to pray for you or over you in that moment? Right. And well, for me personally, yes, but oftentimes it's guys, I'm not feeling well. I'm a little off or I'm sleep deprived because of the newborn or whatever it is. And it's because I want them to be able to give me a little bit of margin in the night. Uh huh. But really what I need to do is give myself some margin in the night. I, I don't know if you'd struggle with this, but I self critique all throughout the entire event. And then the drive home is just, you know, me yelling at my five-year-old self about whether or not I was a good boy as a minister (laughs) that night. Yep, absolutely. Totally another issue, probably another (laughs) podcast altogether. But like, that's me. Like I have this person inside me that just is critical of every action I take. And so when I say that, I actually try and give myself permission not to be that critical on myself. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it may be hard for you to do this right now because you're in a sad state right now. What would you say to yourself? Like before going into ministry or, you know, to in response to where you're at? Well, I think that the sources of this sadness are valid and shareable, right? And so the person that was in the accident is a former teen in our program. And so I can absolutely say, let's pray for this person. You know, and listeners pray for this person, you know, please. But let's pray for this person. And that's something to where that sadness is shareable, right? Mm -hmm. But you mentioned, you know, marriage is all about sacrifice. And if the sacrifices of marriage create a situation where it's, uh, it leads to some sadness or something like that. I don't know if it's appropriate for you to, uh, to go into a youth night and say, hey, guys, I'm feeling a little low today because... My wife and I got in a fight over how to load the silverware in the dishwasher. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, whoa, hold on now. Why, why is that becoming such an issue or whatever it is? That might not be shareable. And so I think yeah. it's discerned. You, you need to discern. But the, the thing that I want us to be able to give is an authentic living witness. Yeah. And an authentic witness is that love that's also sacrificial. We just went through Valentine's Day recently, and that is love that's just a feeling, a warm, fuzzy chocolates and flowers, but the sacrificial love, like St. Valentine was a martyr. (laughs) He showed us celebrating. We were celebrating the beheading of St. Valentine, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay. So what are, what about practical responses? Like you've given yourself permission to have these feelings, um, permission to, to share appropriately. What are actual practical responses? Like, how do you deal? Good. Well, first, I think that you turn to prayer. I mean, 
Jesus is always the answer, you know? <laughs> uh, but but in all seriousness, I think that we need to invite the Lord in because that's what we're asking everyone else to do as well. So we need to first be a model. The second piece I think you mentioned is actually delegation. So if yep. there's some aspect of it that we're like, I can't, I can't talk about this. And for some things, it's it's too personal. I think about what Alan shared regarding his experience as a survivor of clergy abuse. And if for some reason there's, uh, you know, he, he mentioned like one in four or one in six have been abused, not by clergy, but just in general, mm-hmm. maybe this topic of clergy abuse isn't something that you're comfortable sharing because of other reasons in your own personal history. Yep. Then we delegate because it's necessary that that gets presented or brought forth. Um, and so delegation is the next piece. And I think the last piece is collaboration, is if for some reason your piece would be complimented by, <laughs> you know, the clouds would be complimented by the sunshine breaking through, then you mm-hmm. find who that sunshine is and figure out how to go ahead and work those pieces together so that they get a full picture or they don't just walk away like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a good week. <clears throat> Carrying your cross is difficult. <laughs> One of the things that you were talking about reminded me with regards to woundedness. You were talking about abuse and having been abused and not being able to speak on it because of your experience. Um, It's never appropriate to speak on a wound that has not been healed. Right. So if, if, if you notice, if you, because sometimes we, we bury these things, you know, and our minds bury these things for years they become uncovered because of whatever reason. You remember something that happened. It's not time to immediately talk about it, necessarily present about it. It's absolutely time to talk about it with someone, with someone trusted, with a counselor or whatever. But it's not necessarily time to, to minister out of that. You can't minister out of a bleeding wound necessarily. It needs to be healed. Right. And you, you can you can give people a window into your situation for the sake of authenticity. Like, I'm yep. really struggling in this area. Me and Jesus are still talking about it. I don't know what the next step is. Pray for me. That's yep. okay. But if you're like, hey, let's go ahead and dive in there together. Yeah. that That's unfair, especially if you're not surrounded by people that can minister to you fairly, right? Yep. So an RCIA coordinator or a youth minister to expect the teens to be an instrument to that degree, yeah. that's that that's that's not fair. Yeah, to expect those you're ministering to to minister to you in your woundedness is that what you're saying? That's not appropriate. Correct. Yeah, the uh, there's a book that I read it a long time ago, but Wounded Healer is coming to mind right now, and so I feel like someone out there needs to hear that or read that. So it's a book called Wounded Healer. I think that's right. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that real quick to make sure that's the right name. Well, Chris, did, have we talked about all this, like all the stuff around sadness that you wanted to talk about? Well, I'm not sure. It's, it's a broad topic. And I think that I, I don't feel like we've covered it comprehensively. And I think that that's where we rely on the community of listeners that we have. I've been real pleased at some of the different postings that have happened on our uh, Facebook page recently of uh, people kind of being intrigued by it. But, but yes, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So just so you know, um, Wounded Healer is uh, by Henry Nowen. I love Henry Nowen. Yes. So r- read it. If, uh, if, this is for, if that was for you, um, go out, read it. You know what? The last thing I do want to mention is I want to give people permission to be sad in ministry. 
Yep. I think that that's an indicator that you're close enough in ministry. If this situation happened with the, the accident that led to the teen getting in the, in the hospital or former teen, if it happened uh, eight years ago before I was like in my first year at the parish, I wouldn't have known the teen. I wouldn't have known the yeah. person at all. And so now I'm, I'm in the community. I'm a part of the community so much so that I've invited people into my life and they've invited me into their life. And this sadness that has occurred is because I'm close. I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this community. I'm a part of this parish. And it's a beautiful thing. And this is yeah. one of the realities of that thing is that we cry together, that we journey together, that we share life in a real way together. And I'm not just punctuation or exclamation point at the end of a a fun youth night or at the stroke of a guitar at the end of some worship song or something like that. I am in the midst of the, the mess. That's where Christ Jesus would have us go because that's where he would go himself. And so that that is what I wanted to kind of say is like sadness. I, I know it's sometimes very difficult to deal with, and I'm in that season right now, but it's a privileged position to be in. And that's a beautiful reality. Yeah, absolutely. To be that close with the community you're serving is a blessing. Yes, absolutely. Well, great, guys. You know, you can find us anywhere you listen to the podcast. Go ahead and like or write a review. But you can find us on uh, the Facebook group. I already mentioned it once. It just search MLA podcast. Get on there. Be a part of the discussion. Invite other people to it. We're on Stitcher, MLAPodcast.com. Email us at MLA at ablazeyouth.org. Please write us a review in iTunes. Share this with another ministry leader and subscribe. And we would love to hear from you. Let us know where you're at in regards to the topic of sadness uh, appropriately. You know, I'm so sad. <laughs> like, seriously, that's so hard to say. But if, if it's like, I really struggle in May because that's when the, the youth are graduating or I struggle, you know, the week after Easter because all the RCA people are now, you know, Catholic, which is worthy of celebrating. But I miss journeying with them in a formative way, you, you know, and I know, you know, there's supposed to be a time afterwards. But it's just different, you know. And so, Sheriff, where, where do you find sadness kind of creeping up in ministry uh, the most? And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you. God bless. God bless.